Hey, what's going on, good looking? This is Papa Rosario, and welcome back to the Red Velvet Podcast. How are you doing? How you've been holding up the last few weeks? I know we've been going into some heavy stuff, talking about vulnerability and getting into our feels and, you know, getting real. And I know that can be a little emotionally draining sometimes. And I know we've been at this for a little while. So I just wanted to check in on you and see how you're doing. Because this is the final part, part three of the three-part series of how to be masculine without, or rather how to be vulnerable without losing your masculinity. And we close it out on a strong note. And I really feel if you take all the lessons that you've learned so far and implement them, I think you're gonna walk around a different man, a different example of a man. One that's whole, complete, that's not fighting against himself. And one that you know will inspire other men to do the same. And so with that said, I want to introduce you to the last part of the three-part series. I really hope that you've enjoyed yourself. Don't worry about that. We're going to get into some fun stuff after this, <laughs> you know, make it a little bit light. But, you know, I hope this helps. Hope you enjoy yourself. And I hope that you've been able to calm the storm that's inside. With that said, enjoy part three of the three-part series. And I'll catch you at the end. Later. <laughs> So what do you do, and I'm sure some guys would probably want to know this, so what do you do if the person you're dating isn't as emotionally aware as you are? How do you introduce these vulnerability practices? How do you begin to, yes, how do you uh, introduce and these, these vulnerability practices? So I think this would be part of a much longer conversation, but I can give you a, uh, an answer quickly. For me, I think you touched on it all earlier about, you know, if the person is reacting a certain way, maybe they're not the person for you. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, I really agree with that. Um, and for me, if, you know, I'm going to have those types of conversations right from the beginning of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to define, and we've had lots of conversations around this. But I'm going to sit down with them. We're going to define what the relationship is in very clear terms so that we're both very aware of what the relationship's going to be. We're going to make it fun. Um, But we're also going to talk about this stuff. If I'm the one who is um, more emotionally aware of that stuff, I'm going to discuss it with them. You know, sometimes... Yeah. I'm going to have reactions. I'm going to have certain reactions to what you're saying. Just know that those reactions are never really about what you are saying. They're about, you know, what's triggering inside of me when you say that. And all of those triggers, again, have nothing to do with you. Yeah. They all have to do with my upbringing, with my own scripts that I'm running in my head. And I'm going to do my best to work through those triggers with you. Um because it's impossible to be in a relationship where you're not being triggered. That is yeah. impossible. If that's happening, you're probably hiding behind that armor or you're not actually connecting with the other person. Nah, I agree. I agree. And sorry for the noise in the background there. They got some fire. Didn't even notice. Didn't oh, even right. notice. Yeah. You're sure. all good. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> if you do hear it, I apologize for it, but it sounds like what you're saying, the big takeaway that I'm getting from what you're saying is the important thing is to, is to introduce it early on into a relation in the relationship. Yes, Start- don't wait seven years before being vulnerable. I agree. I agree. A lot of these practices, you know, I 
you know, everything that we've talked about in this course, especially the later half, as far as like how to keep her and how to do a great relationship, uh, you know, these things should be implemented and talked about very early in a relationship because that's what sets the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very easy when the foundation is already set at the beginning, as opposed to seven years down the road. Right. And let me talk about that foundation for a second. I'm sorry for interrupting. Uh, because this is, this is an important lesson that I feel we don't talk about enough. Um, so a little while ago, I found, I don't remember who wrote it, but there was a study about the different points where people exit relationships. So one of them is within the first couple months. Second one is around year two or year three. And then the third one is around between seven and 10 years into the relationship. And so the reason why people leave each other within the first few months is usually they realize that, you know, it's not working out, no harm, no foul. We're going to move on. It's great. The third one between seven and 10 years, it's usually because people have grown separately. Like they're not the same person that they used to be when they first started dating. They realize they how they now have different interests. They now have different directions that they want to take their lives in. And unfortunately, that direction may not include the other person. But the important one is the one middle between two and three years. And this one's important because that's how long it takes for you to get um, biologically, physically used to your partner's pheromones. And the pheromones and all the the good hormones that come from interacting with, from dating someone new, they're all the ones that are making you feel good, making you want to feel, you know, want to have sex with them, want to spend, and they're, but they're also the ones that make you avoid all the bad stuff. You're going to, you're likely going to ignore certain cues or certain things that you don't like about them because you're so caught up in all those hormones. Uh, you might avoid fights for a long time just because you don't want to jeopardize all that happiness. But around three years, that, cu- that cushion of hormones starts to dissipate. And now you're with them for real. All the things you refuse to see, you're now seeing them and they're, you're, they're just right there in your face all the fucking time. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> okay, great. And that becomes really frustrating and so if you haven't spent those two to three first years building that solid foundation, learning to solve problems when they arise, learning to communicate, learning to deeply connect with your partner, when you reach those, that two to three year period, that's where shit hits the fan. I'm going to start swearing more now. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, you know, it becomes really, really difficult. And that's where you have those explosive breakouts. And so that's why I encourage you to start applying all this stuff immediately as soon as you get into a relationship. Even before you started actually deciding that you're in a relationship with them. 
just learning to set that foundation where it's okay for you to be vulnerable, where it's okay for them to have their experience and just being present to one another. Mm -hmm. One of the tools that I've used in the first year, and we used to do this religiously, every single Friday we would meet, we would sit down for around three hours every week, and we would discuss the relationship. Everything that triggered us over the last week, everything that annoyed us and what the other person said, some of the ways that we wish they would have handled certain events better. And that allowed us very quickly to build something really strong that we were proud of. That was a really healthy relationship. And we actually stopped doing that weekly around six months in because we were good. We started doing it every month and then every three months. And now we do it, you know, every six months, every year. And usually we've, if there was anything that bothered us, we approached each other about it. We talked about it. We didn't go and complain about it to all of our friends. We just kept it and solved it together. We allowed each other to be, to have whatever experience we were having. Mm-hmm. And we just kept that connection going. Lovely. Lovely. I think that's fantastic. I think a regular check-in is important. I do it with my girlfriend. We do it every year on our anniversary and every six <laughs> months. I mean, we should probably do it a little bit more, but I think that's actually, that's very crucial because you get into autopilot after a while. Right. Exactly. And the truth of the matter is you're going to change. Your girl is going to change. And so you're going to want to re-educate yourself. Okay. Maybe what's been working for the last six months Maybe she doesn't like that trick anymore that you do with your tongue. Maybe she wants something else. You know, maybe she wants to introduce, introduce something else. But it's, it's a constant relearning, constant rediscovering of each other. Yeah. That, that's, that's beautiful about it. So. And I think as, as soon as you start thinking you know your partner, you've started, become, you've started being on automatic. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Because they're, they're constantly evolving just like you are. Yeah. 100% agree, which is why so there's always, mm-hmm, always more to discover, always more to explore together. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, which is why I said a couple modules ago that, you know, it is, you know, anyone can seduce somebody for a night, but it takes like a real attractive man or to seduce the same woman for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that includes rediscovering her. It's the greatest mystery in the world. If you never stop being curious and asking questions, then you'll always be there. You'll always be fascinating to her. You'll always make her feel special. You'll always make her feel keen. And then you will never be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, when did this happen? Seven years won't go by, and you won't grow with another person, with a stranger. You'll grow with your partner. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I want to close it on these quick two things. I mean, one, you know, what if there are people that are in relationships uh, and they want to introduce these these vulnerability practices. And what I would say to that is that if that is the case, and you've been in a relationship for a while and you haven't set that foundation, hypothetically speaking, you know, I don't think that it's never too late. I think that I think the best advice would be for you to start modeling it, to start you doing it and not doing it. Don't do it with the intention of getting her to do it. Do it for yourself because what it'll do, it will enhance your experience. Of the relationship and it will help the experience the relationship itself because the relationship 
It's a third entity in my eyes. There's you, her, the relationship. And so that's feeding yes. into so when you do these practices, you be the first one to do it. You be the first one to model it. And then what'll end up happening is that she'll start to notice and then she'll start to like what happened, you know, the result. And then she will start to she'll start to be more open to it. And if uh, you know, practical tip, if you want to start maybe introducing, for example, like nonviolent communication or maybe some of the other things we've talked about, one great way to say, hey babe, I recently just learned this. What are your thoughts on it? And then you get her opinion on it. And then like, you know, I like communicating like that. Oh, I don't like communicating like that. Oh, why is that? What do you think? Why do you think that? And that's how you get the ball rolling. Uh, and I have uh, one last tool to add, because I, you know, I want to keep true to my word, unless you had another one, William. I actually had one last thing too. Yeah, to baby. This. Yeah, baby. This is the good stuff. Trust me, it's worth it. Go ahead. <laughs> So you mentioned, what if your partner's not into that? Um, that's a really good question, actually, because it's very, very possible that your partner also has this armor on. If you're wearing an armor, she likely is as well. Otherwise, she might not be interested in you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. People who are able to let go of the armor usually are the ones who want to be with someone who also doesn't have that who's able to be authentic right so the way you do it is you just encourage them to have their experience mm -hmm. yeah. you, because if you're just shoving your vulnerability in their face that may freak them out but you can do it the other way around where you're more able to welcome their unique experience mm -hmm. and then they're going to notice that something's different and by modeling it, they're going to pick up on new habits, on new relationship habits that they are going to be able to implement when you have those experiences as well. Agreed. Love it. Love it. Agreed. Agreed. Beautiful. Um, and, you know, we'll, you know, I'm going to put this last tip here because I, I, I wanted to finish it off. I think something was super important. You know, you know, it's another thing in your tool belt when it comes to vulnerability it is taking responsibility for your own vulnerability, for your own feelings, your own experience, your own emotions, which means that, which means that, you know, some, you know, sometimes your partner will be able to intuit what you need, but let's just assume most of the time you got to speak up for what you need. Mm -hmm. And so you can use this with her and she could, and, and, and vice versa. But something that I learned from actually a mentor of William and, and, and ours, um, you know, he calls it ears, mouth, arms, feet, which is what do you need from me now? Or what do I need from you? I just need you to listen. No, no advice. I just need you to listen. And you can ask, like, hey, I, I, from what I need from you right now is just to listen. I just need someone to listen to me. Mouth, do you need advice? Do you need feedback? Sometimes people, they want to talk and not get feedback. Sometimes like, hey, you know, really, you know, William, you know, what I'm seeking from you right now is advice right now. What are your thoughts on this? That's mouth. So you can ask it. And the same thing for her. Ask her, what does she need? Do you need me to talk? Next thing is arms. Sometimes all you need is someone to hug you. Not say a word. You don't even want to talk about it. You just need to be in the presence of somebody. So you can ask. Say, hey, listen, I just, I just want to be next to you right now. Just sit together. 
or just hug me mm. or, or, or do you need me to hug you? And lastly is feet, which is simply, do you need me to walk away? Or do you need space and say, hey, what I need from you right now is just some time by myself. And that's a great tool to, to make requests and start voicing what it is that you need yes. as a tool to start processing and to addressing those moments of vulnerability. Voicing what you need and also asking what they need. And asking. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Not making assumptions. Yes. Being honestly. present. Yes, there you go. So all in all, my friends, I mean, I think that is all we got as far as how to be vulnerable without risking your masculinity while losing your masculinity. There you go. That's a great title for it. How to be vulnerable without losing your masculinity. I think we agreed, which is essentially it is being present in the face of the ugliness during the ugly, whether it's yours, whether it's hers and letting the other person and actually yourself truly see you instead of letting the armor go up, let them truly see what it is, the authentic, what you're feeling and who you are. And also William shouts to you for this one, showing that to yourself. Yes. Showing it to yourself. And I think that's all gentlemen. Uh, we have reached a conclusion of the masterclass. William, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure everyone got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of help from what you said, you know, if anyone wants to follow up with you again, in terms of, you know, help and coaching, is there any place that they can reach you? Yes. Uh, you can reach me at uh, info at williampalrin.com and uh, we'll take it from there. Excellent. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, gentlemen, sir, for the person that's watching and thank you for your time, your trust, and also your attention. I hope that, you know, you walk away from this better than when you started. I'm super excited for you. More importantly, I'm super excited for the ladies you're about to come across because they're going to come across a real, authentic, and attractive man that's going to blow their minds. Till next time. Take care. Wow. What a journey. You made it. Made it. Made it to the end of the three-part series. I hope that you got a lot out of it. I hope it was worth it. And I know this was a heavy topic. That's something that not a lot of men talk about. But I think it's a conversation that needs to be had, at least with yourself. At least just explore this topic with yourself and just see what comes up. You know, we need to stop being blocked off from what's going on inside of ourselves. And I think once we understand that, we can find a, a peace. And then, you know, we can drop down our armor and just let go of the need to to puff up, to cover things up, to numb. And finally, you'll have the opportunity to walk around free free from your doubts, your insecurities, from the imposter syndrome. And that's the beauty and the power actually behind being vulnerable. I hope that was made evident over these last few episodes. I thank you so much for joining. If you have been listening to all of them so far and you made it to this part, I just want to say thank you. Most appreciate it. I also want to give a special thank you to my co-host, William. Uh, fantastic guy, one of my guys, a brilliant mind when it comes to this work. And if there's anything that any of us can do for you to help out, you need support in this, feel free to shoot William or myself an email. You can find me at Pablo at PabloJRosario.com. At the end of the day, my vision, my hope for you is to be healed, happy, and you know, surrounded by ladies. <laughs> and one of the best ways to do that is by being vulnerable. So with that said, 
stay vulnerable, stay open, stay courageous, stay velvet out there. This is Pablo. This is the Red Velvet Podcast. I'll catch you on the flip. Later. Oh, 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 oh,